Welcome to Freedom Word Podcast from the Freedom Center International East Legon Branch. As a weekly podcast, the Word of God is taught and preached by Apostle Ken Kujusafo, Man of the Spirit. And we were versed in the Word of God. Get set for a revelation that will transform your life for good. Now, let's get into the Word of God. Break every chain. The staffs before the Lord in the tent of the covenant law. Take note of verse 8. The next day Moses entered the tent and saw that Aaron's staff, which represented the tribe of Levi, had not only sprouted, but had budded, blossomed, and produced almonds. Then Moses brought out all the staffs from the Lord's presence to all the Israelites. They looked at them, and each of the leaders took his own staff. The Lord said to Moses, Put back Aaron's staff in front of the Ark of the Covenant Law to be kept as a sign to the rebellious. This will put an end to their grumbling against me so that they will not die. Moses did just as the Lord commanded him. Then Israelites said to Moses, We will die. We are lost. We are all lost. Anyone who even comes near the tabernacle of the Lord will die. Are we all going to die. Now, God has a word in here for you and I, and like I said, because of the communion, we will just pick it out, and then we'll pray into it. So, let me give you a little background. We know about Israel, and about how um, God had taken them into exile for some time, and the Lord brought about a deliverer in the person of Moses at the appointed time. And I want to prophesy to somebody that no matter what you're going through, God has got you. Amen. At the appointed time, God will come through for you. The beautiful thing I like about that most of all is in Exodus 3. I like Exodus 3 because Moses was going about his business. And it's important that we all go about our business. But one day you have an encounter with God. Amen. May your one day come soon. And as he had an encounter, God spoke to Moses and said, I've seen your misery. Tell Israel, I've seen your misery and I've heard their cry. May the Lord see your misery. Amen. Amen. And hear your cry. And as a result of that, deliverance came about. So they had to go on this journey to the promised land. On the journey, we get to verse um, Numbers chapter 16. And in number 16, there was a rebellion. God called Moses, evidently. It was for sure that God had called Moses because God approached Moses. God gave birth to Moses, just like he gave birth to you and I. But if you look at the Bible, the book of Exodus starts about the birth of Moses. And we know what happened about when he was born, how there was persecution. Herod was killing all, um, what do you call it? Um, the, the newborns and Pharaoh was killing all the newborns and God supernaturally kept this one and made sure that he was brought up in the palace his hand was on him his name Moses meant he was drawn out of water and God kept this man all the way to the wilderness God's hand was clearly, if you look at the way he was born, it was evident that God's hand was on him. But we get to number 16, and God used him. He used him in the plagues. Remember, he had his staff, and through that, God would say, do this and do this. And there were so many miracles that were wrought through his hand. However, when we get to number 16, the Bible tells us there was a man called Korah. 
this man stood against Moses and said to Moses, do you think you're the only one that's called of God? We're all called of God. He questioned the anointing that was on Moses' life and stood head to head against Moses. Now, I'm just telling you this before we get here. To tell you and I that when God's hand is on you, number one, it does not necessarily mean that somebody's not going to stand against you. Amen. Amen. When God's hand is clearly on you, it doesn't mean that, oh, everybody's going to say, oh, man of God. Now we have Mog, yeah? And then Wog. And then you have Bog. Boy of God, no? Ah, don't you believe that your sons are boys of God? Boy of God. And then we have Gog. Girl of God. <laughs> So we have all these things where, you know, people give accolades and the glory of the Lord is on them. So we're like, oh, yeah, you know me, I'm a God, I'm a bog, I'm a bog, I'm a this and all that. But just because you're that doesn't mean that everybody is going to acknowledge the hand of God in you. It also doesn't mean that you won't have challenges. But know that when you face challenges, God has got your back. Somebody say with me, amen. Can I also throw a word of caution in here? Your man of God, your monk here, is called of God. God's hand is evidently on him. It's important that we respect it. Because if you go against it, you, against, you go against God himself. And God himself will fight that battle. And you will lose. You will die. Oh, you didn't say amen. <laughs> so that's the word of caution. It's very, very important you understand that. And so Korah raised his people don't be the one that's going to follow somebody who's heading to distraction. Open your eyes. Let your spirit man be tuned with God. Because if you're not careful, especially in this season, you will lose your way. There's so many things going out there. There's so many um, doctrines. There's so many people that are doing all manner of things. So many people that are walking in rebellion, but it looks good. So if you're not careful, you will end up in the trench with Korah. So that's what happened to Korah. So when God called Moses and when God called Aaron, they were questioning, why should Aaron be the one in charge of Levi? In fact, the tribe of Levi that God had chosen, Aaron them were not necessarily the ones that should have been, but God chose them to do that. Sometimes when you look in the natural, the person doesn't look like somebody, you know what I mean? Like say, ah, me show him, me show him, I mean, Charlie, how? But God is God and he knows all things. Amen? So whoever God calls, whether the person is young, whether the person is old, whether the person is Ashanti, whether the person is from the north, it doesn't matter to you. The most important thing you need to understand that God's hand is on that person and respect that anointing. And God knows everything. God knew that Jacob had 12 sons because God orchestrated the 12 sons. He also knew that Joseph was the 11th born, yet he chose. He knew that David was the eighth born, yet he chose them. So it doesn't really matter. It's God that does that. So anyway, it leads up to this. So it got to the point where the people were questioning. And so this is where we come to. Now God spoke to Moses and he said, tell the people, gather the 12 tribes, right? And get the staffs from them. Everybody should bring a staff from every tribe. I can't remember a lot of them. Judah to, to Dan to Gad. To, to Benjamin, to Levi, to Naphtali. <laughs> so all of them, they all had a staff. And then he said, that, put it there. And tomorrow, 
tomorrow, I want to prophesy to you that tomorrow by this time, may God come through for you. The God that we serve, he's a specialist in making sure that things happen in, in, in a quick time. So verse 5, like I said, because I had a whole teaching I was going to teach, but I'm not going to do that. But let's just take note of verse 5. He said, the staff belonging to the man I choose will sprout. I choose. Now remember, God himself chooses God can make a choice. And the beautiful thing about this is that in this particular time, this incident, God is talking about one person he's going to choose. And before we go any further, let me remind you and I that you are that one person and I am that one person. Oh, hallelujah. So we're going to look at what happens when God chooses somebody and has God chosen you. Peter puts it this way. For we are a chosen generation. Right? He says we are a holy nation. We are chosen of God. Why are we chosen of God? God brought Jesus Christ to die on the cross. For who? For you and for me. And he makes you and I chosen. In other words, he took his time before the foundations of the earth. The lamb was slain so that you and I can come into the blood, come into his fellowship, come and be part of his family so that we can be chosen as his own. Amen. Amen. And I hope we understand that. In other words, that he is the one, we are the ones that he has chosen. So in this case, it says, the staff belonging to the man I choose. And I, I always like this definition of uh, um, choosing. If you hear me, you know, they hear me on well in all the time. When the choose comes, they know that I'm going to say this. So I always say that. It is like going to a shoe shop. If you like shoes or you like clothes or whatever it is that you like, you go there, somebody has said to you that, come, listen to this. Somebody says to you, come, I will give you, you can choose anything you want. Oh, somebody say amen. amen. So today somebody said to you, oh, Mama Dog, I'm going to take you to the best shoe shop in the whole of Accra. And then when I get there, they say to me, you know what, Diopebiya. Oh, I was expecting them to say amen. amen. And no limit to it. All right? So if they take me to the shoe shop, they are cut to say, Oh, it can cost 200 Ghana or 25,000 Ghana. No money is no object. Amen. amen. What would you do? You would take your time, no? Uh-huh. Let's do this together. You're not going to just go and say, oh, they wait me away. No, you will take your time. Mm-hmm. You will select and then you will try it on. No? You get the best out of it. And then when you finish, you know that you did what you chose. So that shoe that you chose is a winner. Because of all of the shoes, it's the best shoe. Because you're going to get the best because you've been asked to take whatever. And I hope somebody understands where I'm going. So when God chooses you and he chooses me, that's what he does. In other words, oh, hallelujah. Am I in FCI? So in other words, the one that I choose is the best. So when God says... The staff belonging to the man I choose, he means that that person, in this case, Aaron, is special. Yeah. 
In your case, you are special. In my case, I am special. Oh, hallelujah. So remember that anytime God says the one that I choose, and today is about you and I. And so look at this. He says the staff belonging to the man I choose because he's got the 12 um, tribes, and out of it, I'm going to choose one. And that's going to be the best. And he says something. He says, the I choose will sprout. And we're going to look at that in a minute. In other words, anytime God chooses somebody, God chooses a people, God chooses an entity, that thing must sprout. Oh, Thank you, my darling. So in other words, what God is telling you and I, if we've, chose, we've been chosen of God, then we have to do what? We have to sprout. And we're going to pray into it in a minute. But watch this. He says, and I will rid myself of this constant grumbling against you by the Israelites. Now, we're human beings. Somebody says we're only human. I'm a human. Now, the thing about being a human being is that we like to complain a lot. It seems to be naturally wired in us. Now, Ghana Fosu dear, we are experts at it. <laughs> so when I come to Ghana, I don't listen to the radio. Shall I tell you why? Because Mithir Radio sometimes me rata me ho. Mithir Radio sometimes me butu me fu. Mithir Radio sometimes I'm just like why? The reason being, say. Radio Ghana, you see radio. People talk anyhow on the radio. Maybe you you are used to it, but for me, I'm just like, what's going on here? So Obeba for phone on the radio. No, Didi, I'm how do you call it? President, Amampeniate. You can you can express your opinion that oh I don't I don't agree, but didn't disrespectful. Anybody comes and talks anyhow. We're always complaining about something or the other and we can do it in a disrespectful manner. But God doesn't require us to be like that. The Bible says we should do everything. Everything means bibia. In English, everything means everything. In tree, it means everything. That means all things. It means if you're combing your hair, you're supposed to comb your hair without complaining. Everything we do must be done without complaining, without grumbling, because that is not a fruit of the Spirit, and that's not how God has made us. And one of the reasons that if we grumble and we complain, it separates us from God. I don't know if we understand that. Because what it does is as soon as you get to the point where you're always grumbling, complaining, it means you get dissatisfied. And so you don't appreciate things. When God is doing something for you, you cannot. It's not that you don't. You can't even appreciate it. You will never see God anywhere. But God is everywhere. And we're supposed to see him everywhere. We're supposed to see him all days, in every circumstance, in every situation. We must see the hand of God. That's why God says we should do all things without grumbling, without complaining. It separates us. It does not allow God to flow into us. And so what we need to understand, number one, is that God has chosen us. And if he's chosen us, 
complaining and grumbling is not our portion. And also it will stop when we begin to exhibit the glory of the Lord. Let me pause. I want to prophesy over you the glory of the Lord. I want to prophesy over you that you will see God in all things. That's why the scripture says in all things we do what? We give him thanks. One of the scriptures that's guided me this year is this in Isaiah. It says, when you walk through the fire, I'll be with you. When you walk through the water, it will not drown you. You know what? If that word is to become alive in our spirits, we need to understand not to complain. Because what that means is that when you're walking through the fire, is it Habakkuk that says, that, though the fig tree does not blossom, though there's no sheep in the pen, he says, yet will I praise you. When he says that, look, when things are not going the way I want, he says, I will still praise you. So in all things, we ought to give him glory because he's chosen us and we are special and he allows you and I to sprout. Amen. Amen. Now, I'm going to stop and move to verse 8 and then we're going to pray because I promise that I'll be short. Verse 8 says this, the next day, Moses entered the tent and saw that Aaron's staff, which represented the tribe of Levi, had not only sprouted, but had budded, blossomed, and produced almonds. Somebody save me. Amen. Amen. This is your portion because you've been chosen of the Lord. This is your portion because you've been chosen of the Lord. The next day. Now, God that you and I serve, he is an expert. In that 24-hour miracle. A lot of times we now go to progress in 24 hours and 24 hours. And sometimes we look down and there's like, ah, what is this? But God comes through in, in a twinkle of an eye because that's what he does. He's an expert at it. And I prophesy that tomorrow by this time that what you desire, God will come through for you. We know the scripture about how when Israel was in famine. And in fact, it was so bad. People were killing their children. Oh, anytime I read scriptures like that, I get so sad. Like, how can a mother give birth to a child and take the child and use a knife? Say kind. Think about it, if you've ever thought about it. Then they take the knife and kill your child. And then once you've killed the child, it's bad enough killing the child. Now, a lot of times when we read the scriptures, we don't pause. Because we also think that they were different, they were no human beings or something. But they were human, just like us. That's why they say, and, and is it, uh, uh, yeah, was a man, just like you and I. So, that's, that, that's they were human beings. They take the sick uh, kind to kill their child. And once you've done that, that, as if that's not bad enough, you actually, ube and say the like chicken. Ah, mercy. We think we have problems. That's why we shouldn't complain. In every single thing, we give God praise. Because when we do that, we'll see the light in the hand of God. Amen. Amen. Maybe you're, you're sick. Maybe you're suffering from sickness. I've gone through a challenge this year, but I'm still here. We give glory to God. Hallelujah. No matter the way, look at the window. Look at the window. You could, be, you could be sick on your bed, at least you have life. You could be sick walking like this, at least you're walking. It may take you a long time, but you can get there. What about the person that can't do that? 
the person that doesn't love life. Maybe you only have kenke to eat. Because I never call the jollof. So jollof, no. Me to me to jollof. When the other day I went to go and buy jollof. I bought this jollof. Jollof was I don't remember how. Um, no, I went to buy pizza or something. Said so, oh, I bought the pizza. And when I bought the pizza, from there I went to go and buy jollof. The jollof I bought eight portions of jollof. It was the same price as the pizza. <laughs> I'm trying to tell you that sometimes maybe you think, like, I can't eat pizza. But if you can't eat pizza, you can do what? You can eat your love. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. God is still there because he still fed you. Yeah. Amen. Amen. So God is always there. And no matter the situation, we ought to find ways to give him praise and thanks. So when we get to verse 8, that next day he brought about a miracle. Yeah. The, the, the armor bearer was saying, mm, even if, even if this can never happen. Now, we can accuse the armor bearer. Yeah? Because we've got hindsight. But I thank God, I always say that I thank God I didn't live in biblical days. Because you know what? I would definitely be in hell. I mean, thank God Jesus came, right? So maybe when Jesus came, I would, have, I would say, please, let me go with you. Because we read about the Pharisees and the Sadducees and Israelites and we accuse them. But we would do the same because it was impossible. How come famine where people are killing their children and eating them? You're come to tell me that tomorrow in 24 hours, um, what do you call wheat and it will be sold? It's not possible. So let's not accuse the armor bearer. Let's just thank God that we can use that. But what we do is we tell ourselves, let your spirit man understand that no matter the situation, God can do it. So I prophesied the next day. It said the next day Moses entered the tent and saw the Aaron staff, which represented the tribe of Levi, in 24 hours. Yeah. It had sprouted. You know what it means to sprout? It means Then it had budded. So when it gets to the bud, it's the next stage. They do agric. Yeah, that's agric for school. Okay. So when we did agric, I didn't know anything about agric. I don't nothing. And I go and they give you a hole and say, Obed ni do. I don't know. I don't know how to do anything. I had to pay people. What's awful? It's, you have to do it so that I don't get caught. So I pay people. Dig for me. So when the person is digging, I have to sit by the bed. Because when the teacher, uh -huh, you, you were doing it as well. So when the teacher comes in, I'll be like, oh, oh. <laughs> Like, like I'm doing something. But even though I don't know anything about sowing, I know, and I'm about to tell you why this is important, the almond tree. I, I know that it doesn't take 24 hours. When you put something there, it doesn't germinate in 24 hours. But that 24-hour time, that staff, which in, in the first place is a staff, that's another story all by itself. But we're not doing that. Because it's not a bed, like I've told you, Agrika, we're sowing seed. But this is a staff, which was made from wood. So that you see the God that you and I serve, 
So anyway, the staff had uh, uh, had budded. It had blossomed, and the blossom is so the budded is when the, it's got like it's about to open up, like you've got flowers in its clothes, yeah, and then and then it then opens up, and it it, it blossomed, and then it produced almonds. Now I found something about the almond tree. Let me read what I found out about the almond tree. This almond tree, an almond tree can take as long as 5 to 12 years to start producing almonds. That's why almonds are expensive. Almonds, if you know almonds, it's a, bit, it's a type of nuts. Yeah? But almonds is meant to be very, very, very good for you. Especially men, it's meant to be very good for you. But anyway, almonds, very expensive nuts. It takes as long as 5 to 12 years before that tree will start producing. And a matured almond tree can typically produce fruit for as many as 25 years. Another one says, once an almond tree begins bearing fruit, it will do so every year for as long as 50 years, ensuring that plenty of almonds for years to come. Oh, Shando Robo Robo, your pastor is very smart because we're going to come back there. Yeah, catch it, catch it, catch it in the spirit. Amen. So what are we saying, and I'm about to end because I did say I would end. The God that you and I said, when he chooses you, he has a plan and a reason. He doesn't make anybody useless. He doesn't do things out of vacuum, saying, eh, who should I? No, 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 no. He has a plan. And that plan is to choose you and I. And with the same way he chose Aaron, he chose you and I. He chooses you and I for a purpose, and that purpose is for us to bear fruit, to be fruitful, not just to be any and anything. So this is what he did, and he can do it overnight. So we're prophesying, we're going to pray into you, that God will bring about that overnight thing, that you will sprout, will bud, will blossom, and will produce almonds. And finally, we're going to go back to that almond tree. That almond tree takes 5 to 12 years. But as I said here, it says once the almond tree begins bearing fruit, it will do so every year. Is somebody ready? You want to prophesy into your spirit. This is, you see, the word of God is alive. So what you do is you connect. And so you want to connect today. That's what we're doing right now. You are responsible. I am responsible. The thing about the word of God nowadays, we come to church, we're expecting the preacher to be powerful. It's the word that does that. The word of God is alive. You need to allow it to drop into your spirit. And so what we're going to do is we're going to connect with this word. It says here that almond tree will bear fruit and will do so Every year. The Bible says in the book of Ezekiel, when it talks about the water and the temple, 
It says that the water in the temple, he has a vision. And God transports him into the temple. And the Bible tells us that there's water is ankle deep. And then he goes to knee deep. And he goes to waist deep. And then he says that. And after a while, it then he begins to swim. And then he says, and this water in the temple begins to flow. And he gives you a location. And get it to Englim or wherever. And, and then he says, and as it flows, it says wherever the, tree, the river flows, it brings life. And then it says that, and, and then the life, it begins to produce. And it says, and the tree, and it says, and every month, that tree does what? It bears fruit. So that's what you're going to key in. We're going to be like the almond tree. And we're going to be like that river, the plant that is planted in the house of the Lord. Every month it produces and every year it produces. So we have entered the month of September. Osofu King told us. The month of September is, you know, a lot of people say, you know, grace, this and that and that and that. But we know that when a woman takes seed in nine months, Hopefully, my children, my firstborn was born, I'm sure, more than nine months. But anyway, in nine months, you produce a child. So a lot of times, people use it. Sometimes we can laugh at them, but it's good to connect like that. That when you get to September, it's a month of birthing. Because it's nine months into the year. And at that nine months, you should produce a child. So connect into it. Apart from the fact that Jesus Christ was born in September, and I was born in September. So that's... That's also very important. But you need to connect. That, Lord, let me produce the fruit that I must produce this month. And, and in October, November, December. The fruit, we're in spiritual emphasis. A spiritual emphasis, a deeper walk. It means that we should go from ankle deep. If we're ankle deep, we can't stay there. Today, after you finish prayer, you're going knee deep. If you need deep today, yes, as we finish praying, we're going waist deep. Yes, Lord. And if you're waist deep, you're gonna swim. Yes, Lord. But you know, when you swim, you don't you don't float. Yes. You swim. Yes, so swimming, you move. So when you're swimming, swim from one end to the other, to the other, to yes, the other, Lord. and produce that fruit. Connect. Lift up your voice. <laughs> Break every chain, break every chain. Thank you for joining us. We trust you are greatly blessed. Please do well to subscribe to our channel and please share so someone else will be blessed as well. Come on.